down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? I almost made it. I almost made it all three hours of the exit interview pod. Wow. Two times speed. Wow. I made it to two hours, 39 seconds, and 29, or 39 minutes and 29 seconds. Pretty good by me. It's a lot. I, le- I left the worst for last. <laughs> which was which, who? Jang was last. Oh, I was actually going to ask if, if he did an interview because I hadn't heard him he yet. He did. I was, he's just, they're still just like, he's really young. The language barrier yeah. still exists. Like he's a very very nice nice guy, um, but it's just hard to get like real stuff, you know, out of him. Also, like with the season he had too, it's like, what are we really gonna say? You know? Yeah. Um, Damn! If you're on uh, if you're on YouTube, you get to see this uh, my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's the off season. Yeah, well, just woke up. Cannot get this guy to go down. <laughs> Look at that. If you if you just tilt your head, it'll go right by the TV, and you, you uh, yeah, that's true. Then you you can't see it. Like there that. you go. Now it's camouflaged. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the off season. We're gonna do a uh, tankathon spin Woo! at the beginning of this show to just you know settle ourselves back in. Um, so McKelly weirdly predicted what happened in the last on monday where he was like we need uh chicago to jump up and they jumped up and it kind of oh, really? it was kind of scary um so yeah. the, I, I will actually say that if i could you know assuming okc doesn't jump mm-hmm. up to one mm-hmm. if i could order the teams in order of preference yeah i i honestly think i would put the bulls number one because it it's funny for multiple reasons, and it's a team that could kind of use a boost like that. <laughs> I mean, it is bailing out their GM, but it's but anyone who gets number one is going to be bailed out. I mean, if, if any of these, I was going to say like Detroit seat, needs bailed out. Yeah, Houston needs bailed out. You know, he, San Antonio doesn't necessarily need bailed out because they're still so early, but like Portland and Charlotte. Yeah, like all, all these gen- GMs like get by themselves, all, maybe like an extra five years if they mm-hmm. land the number one pick. Uh, so like none of these teams deserve it, but I, I would just I think it'd be fun if Wimby was in Chicago and, and the Bulls were brought back to some prominence. Uh, the Wimby City, I mean, come oh, on, the Wimby City, yeah, I, mean, I like that. Come on, and plus it, it forces Dallas down a spot, which is also funny. which is also hilarious, but yeah. Yeah, the Wimby City. Just print the shirts already if they get the number one pick. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Any here pr- we go. Here we go. Here we go. See, Portland. Portland right down the gets, street from me. Yeah, Portland gets completely bailed out. 
that would be also awesome because I would get to go see him multiple times. Do they trade the pick? Do they trade the pick? No, no. <laughs> I think even they are smart enough not to you trade would, that. Pick. You would hope so. This is also I, a dream scenario of sorts because uh, Detroit and Houston fall. Gosh, five and six, dude, and the Spurs to seven. Dude, the Spurs to seven. Like, how devastated would you be if you went through that crap of a season and you fall to seven? You know, it's it would be similar to what our first year. I was, was. gonna say it would be just like OKC falling to six, where people are just yeah. laughing at OKC. Yeah, it, it would be much tougher for Detroit and Houston just because they've now experienced it for three years. Yeah. So if they fall down, and one of them probably will. In all likelihood, at least one of them. Yeah, um, it's going to be just a brutal experience. Yeah, some brutal. Yeah, yeah, somebody's going to be miserable, and it's just funny. Like in this particular spin, that it's Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, which are yeah. like the three biggest tankers all year, all fall. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in Portland. Uh, you know, number one, I think they keep it, but as early as number two, I'm kind of interested to see what they would do. Yeah. I mean, we, I've talked about it. This is like, I have secondhand anxiety for Blazers <laughs> fans going into this summer, just because it, it is such, I mean, the only time we really experienced that was the 2016 season. Yeah. Um, where you knew you had this deadline. Katie's going to make a free agent decision at the end of the year. The team, you know, starts to go in a little bit by trading the picks to get Cantor and, and waiters mm-hmm. in the previous, uh, tra- at the previous trade deadline. And so you kind of had that in the back of your mind that whole 2016 season. And then, you know, they come out all, post-All-Star break and they're just, like, not very good at all. Mm-hmm. So it start, you're starting to wonder, like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> and then they go on that awesome run, and it doesn't matter. But uh, Portland is having, like, a version of that that is much scarier to me because I think the biggest risk for them is what if they do get number two and they do decide to trade it? And they end up trading some of because they at this point at that point they would have some really good young players. They'd have whoever the number two pick is. They'd have Shaden Sharp. You know, Anthony Simons just got signed to a big deal. Mm-hmm. They come out of this summer and have traded like two of those three for for a guy who's not like Joel Embiid. I would be kind of pissed. Yeah, well. I was gonna say it's got to be like Embiid or somebody that caliber. Mm-hmm. It has to be somebody that caliber. Do not, you cannot sell me on like Siakam. Oh my like gosh! Pick for Siakam or something. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. It would make. I mean, Portland would be a lot better next year, but like long term. Yeah. Just be a Although maybe if if they could trade, if they could trade the number two pick and get off of Nurk's deal and get back like Siakam and OG. It'd have that, to be that, Siakam and OG. But even still, it's like, even still, I, don't I, do I, I wouldn't really want don't to do, do that. that. Don't do that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Thunder still at 12. Who do you like at 12 right now? And that we, we can talk about the coin flip. The Thunder lost the coin flip to the Bulls. Uh, so they're going to be. Yes, that is why the Bulls are in the 11th. Yep. It wasn't a coin flip, but it, it, it you know, kind of was spiritually. A spiritual I, I, flip, I prefer right. to talk about it as a coin flip because it makes more sense to me. Right. Um, but. Yeah, we lost the coin flip, which, you know, in some respects, not great because we do lose, I think, like 0.5% odds to jump up. But, hey, last year we had the 12th pick and drafted J-Dub. And therefore, it'll always be the same caliber of player That's right. at 12. The uh, I, I ran through a brief history on Twitter 
of the twelfth pick, and it's actually kind of wild <laughs> the amount like, of good like players. Decent. Yeah, I mean, here's so here it is: J Dub, Josh Primo, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it also has a, a very Jeez. checkered history. <laughs> Luke okay. Kennard, Torian Prince, Trey Lyles, Dario Sharich, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Lamb, Alec Burks, Savia Henry. Like, there's some like good players in there, like Halliburton, PJ Washington, you know, J Dub. Like, there's some good players in there. Like, if you can yeah. get somebody, obviously, like J Dub is probably like the the shining star in Halliburton as well. But I wouldn't expect that. But if you can get somebody the caliber of like PJ Washington or Stephen yeah. Adams. I mean, like that, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just we're, we're looking at the Tankathon uh, mock after you spin yeah. it, and like it's just all guards. So literally starting at twelve, it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guards in a row. Yeah, point guards are shooting guards. Tallest one is, I guess, Jet Howard is is tall. I didn't know he was that tall. Jet Howard's um, tall, but like he's not a Thunder guy. So. And that just doesn't excite me because, because uh, you know, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but you know, you watch that Minnesota game, and obviously there's not a lot of teams like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have talked about all this season. Man, it would just be nice to have a little bit more size somewhere on the roster. And I, I f- actually feel like we're we have good size at the guard positions. You know, like Shea's pretty big Shea's, for a guard. Shea's Giddy's huge for a, huge point for a guard. guard. Yeah. Dort isn't super tall, but he's obviously very stout. Yeah, plays um, big. Yeah, he plays big. And I just wish there was like some size anywhere in that range. I yeah. mean, you have to drop all the way down to Chris Murray. I don't know how you feel about Chris Murray. Um, he's like the, the first guy with any size in that group. Yeah. And it doesn't particularly use his size like to his advantage either. So, I don't know. So I guess what I'm saying is that I'm I'm not thrilled with the options thus far. Maybe I will fall in love with one of these guards. The truth is, though, like somebody in this class isn't going to change like the Thunder's physicality out the gate. <laughs> you know, like that's, there's no one that's just insanely jacked. I mean, Jarris Walker is like the only guy that's like insanely jacked. But like Jarris yeah. Walker is not going to come in and change the fortunes of the Thunder next year. Uh, if if he was super jacked, perhaps. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. You don't think so? He's a nice player, um, but I'm not like fully convinced that he would just like start right off the bat. Yeah, for OKC. Um, you know, Ray- you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be attracted to players like Derek Whitehead just because what he did in high school and knowing that he's a shooter yeah. and knowing that he has some size. I mean, he's all the, all the way down at 25 in this mock. Yeah. Um, I, I totally understand why people are off of him. Yeah. Um, based on what happened at Duke, but yeah, yeah I, I'm not, I haven't found my guy yet. All right. In this range. And I don't, I just don't love the idea of taking another guard. Yeah. I mean, now, now, now that we have Isaiah Joe, Mm-hmm. And if you have any hope left for Trey Mann, like that's that feels like it's kind of out the window if we take another guard. What'd you think of Trey Mann's exit interview? Did you get to it? Uh, yeah, that was the last one I listened to. Um, it was, you know, it was kind of sad. Yeah, it um, was kind of sad. I mean, it sounds like he just had a really rough year, which, which, 
you know, we can only judge based on what we see on the court and what mm-hmm. we see in terms of playing time and rotation. So, it may, you know, I could tell it wasn't a tough season for him. Yeah. Uh, but to hear it from him. And, and it sounds like he has a really good group around him. You know, he mentioned Kenrich as one of the guys who kind of helped him throughout the season. Yeah. So I think to have that type of season, OKC is probably the, one of the best places to have it um, because you do have a ton of support. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably going to happen to multiple guys over the course of the next couple of years because you just can't play everyone. And if you do have like a down season as a young player on OKC, like it's very easy to just fall out of the rotation because someone like Isaiah Joe is just going to suddenly step up and shoot 40% from three. And it's like, well, we're playing Joe now. And it all makes sense. And, and the Trey Mann experiment just kind of gets shelved for a little while. So, yeah, it was a little sad, but yeah. understandable. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm i worried about, about Trey. I hope that he has a good summer. He really needs to have a good summer in order to get back on track. Uh, Rayon Rupert, 6'7", Rayon. 7'3", wingspan, yeah. uh, declared for the draft today. Uh, our, our guy Sam Vecini is a big fan. Big fan of Rayon. Big fan, okay. So... Yeah, I am intrigued. He's very thundery. Oh my gosh, he! I am already on the record with saying this is like a very thundery player. Size for no. position, has feel for the game. Uh, he is he's a pretty awesome defender. Um, he a lot of people are going to uh, think he's just like Usman Jang because he's French and plays for the Breakers. <laughs> <laughs> and every and literally everything you just said before that as and his well. Hair. So what um, is it? What what are the big differences? Well, I think that there's there's two kind of big differences between the two. I just think that Rupert is just like way more aggressive than would be nice than Jang is, but also like Jang is legitimately six <laughs> eleven. You know, and Rayon is not. Rayon is like six seven, six 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 seven. He measured at. They, the Draft Express guy said he was 6'7". I had always seen the measurement at 6'6", but maybe he's grown because he's super young. Um, but yeah, that's... Those, I mean, they're similar in a lot of ways. Even their hair is similar. <laughs> but um, Repair is just like way more aggressive of a player. And so like when we're talking about the kinds of guys that the Thunder um, like to draft, I mean, he definitely checks all the boxes. Like... Size for position, multi-skilled, yeah. can play multiple positions. I mean, if you're at 12, he's definitely like a swing worth taking, I think. Because you look at some of these other guys, and it's a ton of combo guards. Like Nick Smith and Keontae George and Kaysen Wallace are all like combo guards that are going to yeah. be in that range. Man, they're, they're so cl- – I, I do wonder if they trade up um, – because there are a, a lot of guys like I'm looking at Tankathon, which I know is not like the perfect mock draft, but yeah. from seven to ten they have Jarris Walker, Cam Whitmore, Grady Dick, Taylor Hendricks. Like if you were just in that range and could snag one of those guys, I would instantly be like much more excited than yeah. the type of guys we're talking about right now. Now we know that somebody and it, it may be Rayon is going to jump up, excite everyone, and and one of these guys is going to hit. Yeah, um, and so maybe this him. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> yeah, somebody I mean, this this time last year, you know, J dub was in the twenties and we didn't have any clue. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of want to go back and remember who was in that like 12 range last year that we were like mostly thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I know by the time it was the draft, it was like, you know, Dern, people thought Dern was going to fall that far, which he ended up doing, but I can't remember who was in it at that time. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely like AJ Griffin was somebody we talked a lot about. Yeah, time. and I thought he was going to go like way higher. Yeah, Abaji was somebody we talked about some. We talked mm-hmm. about Jen, we talked about Johnny Davis in that range. Yeah. We talked about Sohan in that range. We talked a lot about Sohan, yeah. Yeah, which I feel pretty good about. He had a good rookie year. So he's a wacky player, but I really like him still. Um, yeah, those are the kind of guys we talked about. Shaden Sharp even falling to the Thunder. There was a lot of Shaden Sharp talk. Yeah, you know, pre-draft. And, you know, for good reason. Like, he he played pretty well for the Blazers. Um, I don't know that I would go all crazy about what he did at the end of the season just because somebody's got to score the points. And I'm I'm sure glad he did. But I'm not not necessarily buying on uh, Shaden Sharp because of what he did at the end of the season. Um but yeah, I I think it's this is going to be interesting because there's not the only player that screams thunder is Rupert in this range. Like could Scafino like no, like Keontae George not necessarily like 664. Six, you know, Nick Smith is 65. Like maybe they would take one of those guys. But that would be I mean, that would basically if if those guys are any good, it would basically be curtains for Trey Mann, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, in terms of targeting teams, it seems like Dallas and Portland, especially if Portland fell, are like the two targets mm-hmm. as far as trading up. Yeah. Um, for Do Portland, you- it's pretty like it doesn't necessarily have to be a player. Like they could just use more picks. Like if, if you could, if you did another Usman Jang like trade where you gave them three firsts for a first in that like eight to 11 range. That would really help them out because now they have a lot more ammo to go out and make a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they do that. I don't know if they should do that. But I, th- I just think it's really hard to trade a lottery pick for a player and get a good return, like, like a, that high of a lottery pick. Yeah, the th- and the Thunder. I mean, they obviously have players that you could trade for a lottery pick, but they're not going to trade the guys that it would take to get there. Right. Yeah. You know, it'd have to be like giddy. Or J Dub, you know. Yeah, you, you. I mean, teams already feel like so awesome about the players they drafted. Yeah, because like they spent all this time doing it, and so they would have to feel so much better and above that for whoever they could take with that draft pick mm-hmm. to even consider that deal. Which is why I think if Portland does trade it, I think the most value they're going to get is just trading it for more picks. Yeah. Um, now maybe there's a deal with Toronto for like one of their guys but i don't know how i feel about that yeah uh i wouldn't feel great about that maybe at like five or six i would feel good about one of those toronto guys but not in like the top three yeah and it'd probably be og you're getting him for a year yeah in exchange for the fifth pick or something like yeah. that's so scary yeah it is really scary <laughs> it's really scary but yeah i I am this this is a weird draft. There's a lot of guys that I 
just don't think would fit or be drafted by the Thunder in very many scenarios. <laughs> you know, a lot of them. Um, even like the six seven range. Like I think Jarris Walker would fit fine. Yeah. I think Anthony Black is definitely a Thunder player, but like Cam Whitmore, no. Grady Dick, I even wonder about. Like, is he is that guy really a Thunder type of guy? Like I know he shoots it really well, but I just don't know that he does everything else that they want. Hendricks, I kind of feel the same way. Like I like Taylor Hendricks. It's not hard and and Grady Dick for that matter. Like it's not hard to imagine how these guys would fit with the Thunder. But do they fit like the complete mold of a Thunder player that the that the team wants? You know, it's like a completely different question at times. And so I don't know. I'm very interested to see what direction they go with this pick. And maybe they trade maybe they trade up, maybe they trade out, you know. Maybe they trade out. Whoa, that would be that would be disappointing. Maybe they're at twelve and they're just like, yeah, we don't necessarily like anybody here. <laughs> We're going to trade it for you know two picks down the road or something like that. Like that wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I'd be disappointed by that because it leaves a lot less for us to talk about. Um, yeah, I know everyone keeps saying like next year's draft is so terrible. Oh my god, it's the worst draft I've ever seen. Um, I like the top of this draft, but. Uh, I kind of feel that way about this draft. Yeah, I know. I know. I I kind of feel the same about it. You know, and there's always going to be players that are good in every draft. Like the 2020 draft was one where everybody was like, oh my gosh, this draft is terrible. This draft stinks. And like it had Edwards and LaMelo and it had Halliburton and Vassell and Maxi. Yeah, there's... There will always be good players in every single draft, whether that's a good or a bad draft. You know, in every single draft, there's going to be good players. So I'm th- I'm thinking just how it's setting up. Some of these taller guys are going to jump up into the lottery, just because. Do, are there really that many teams who need a six four guard? Because there's plenty of those guys in this draft. Plenty like someone them. like Leonard Miller, who I know he has his warts, but a guy warts. who's six ten. 211 yeah like that, that's the type of guy just because like i, I don't know you could, apparently you can find these six four guards everywhere they're everywhere and i'm so down too, and it's like the G leonard like, miller's like the one dude with big size in the second half of that draft other than Derek lively mm-hmm. um yeah so we'll see, maybe those guys will jump up yeah also like Gigi jackson who had very interesting freshman year at uh south carolina um, he might he might be a workout guy that like really impresses. It's like oh my gosh, like somebody may take him at thirteen or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so I I'm just starting to watch some uh, Kobe Buffkin. Uh, yeah. What are you thinking? He's fun, but I I don't know. He's six four, skinny as a rail. Like I just <laughs> like. Ev- Every guard in this range is... He's 6'4", 170-something pounds. Yeah, he's 6'4", 175. Yeah, the dude is, like, so skinny. I don't know. I'm not not huge on Buffkin. I love his name, though. I'd love for there to be a Buffkin uh, Thunder jersey out there. I guess if if my only criteria is a guy who's jacked, I guess Gigi Jackson is, is... Should be my guy. He's like the most anti Thunder player ever. <laughs> but he's pretty. But he's pretty jacked. He's jacked, but boy, 
There's there's just ain't no way. Ain't no way. If even if the league was like, "Hey, we want to give the Thunder just a player. We just want to give them a player just for fun." You know, we're just going to just we're just going to put them on the team. All they have to do is say yes or no. And that's Gigi Jackson. I think it's same. No way, Jose. Uh, um okay, exit interviews. I listened to two and a half hours. <laughs> um Hey, at least you got to listen at double speed. I did not get to listen at double speed. On oh my Saturday. god, I can't. I can't even imagine because I saw it came out and it was you know three hours or whatever. Yeah. But I knew you were there for way longer than that. Which I was there from all, like ten to five. Which means there's all that in between time where no one's even talking. It's like, well, what are you doing then? A lot of in between time. Uh, I mean, I was watching games on my laptop because it was Saturday. Oh yeah, it was and the so, first day. Of the so there were some games. They were all. They were not good games. Which was kind of a bummer, but you know, just chit chatting, sitting with Joe Masato, who was on forty-five minutes of sleep. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because he flew. He had to fly in. That so he worked at From the Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So was, I mean, the game was Friday night. Yeah. He basically he said he finished at the arena at like two or three a.m. Went back to the hotel and packed to catch a flight that was at like five. And then flew in to OKC and just drove straight to the Thunder practice facility. Wow. Joe is a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. Big shouts to Joe. Yeah. He, he said he slept how did, on the plane. How did he survive? He slept on the plane. I don't know. By the end of it, he was like a, a pure zombie. But he's a pro, man. He was a pro. Wow. That is, that is very impressive. That was, uh, because that was, a lot of, you know, that was a lot of people. Like people that had to travel. That was yeah. a lot of those people, and like everybody that worked for the Thunder, even the Thunder players, like similar story. But you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed walking in there, weren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, a lot more than everybody else. <laughs> um, for good reason, I think this uh, exit inter- these exit interviews weren't all that exciting. Yeah, which was kind of nice. Um, in yeah. some ways, you know, like the, the mellow exit interview. Like that's it was an all that's what you quote unquote want from an exit interview because it's very entertaining. But in order to get an entertaining exit interview, something has to have gone very wrong. Yeah, something has to be wrong with your team. Yeah. So it's actually nice to kind of just have a chill exit interview where going into it, like if you had asked me for questions for the players, honestly, I don't have like a ton of questions of this team right now. I kind of know what they need. I know the things that I would like certain players to work on or develop over the summer. Like, I have a pretty clear idea of what's next. And it's hard to really have a strong opinion until I see Chet with these guys and whoever they draft in this in this yeah. draft. So it, it was kind of a, a relaxed atmosphere, I would yeah. say, from exit interviews. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I sat down to, like, write questions for every player. And I feel, I feel like I could think of something for everybody. And then I got to, like, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And I'm like, what in the world do you ask <laughs> Jeremiah did he even do one? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, you just okay. have. He's one of the last ones. Okay. Um, I mean, he's a nice guy. We ended up talking about chess a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's starting to get into chess. So he's a he's a super super nice dude. Really good guy. Um, but yeah, you just kind of like what like what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> With Jeremiah yeah. Robson Earl. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought you know. I, there wasn't a ton to take away. I did think Shay's answer on somebody asked him about, you know, you're getting all these accolades this season. Mm-hmm. 
is that pretty cool basically and his answer like he kind of went a little deep yeah talking about these accolades and and brought up the fact that you know one thing i've learned over my career is that those accolades are kind of tied to like team success as well mm-hmm. and i he said you know i feel like i've been a really good player for multiple years now um, but I realized this year that all that stuff comes when you're actually doing it as a team. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really get the individual accolades, which I just thought was a, a kind of point of maturation, I guess, yeah. for Shea. Because it made me think back to the this isn't plan A press conference, which, you know, that was like the only time Shea has ever said anything that was like even mildly you know, controversial in any way, mm-hmm. you know, it's the only time he really has given a sound bite like that. And, and to be fair, like I thought it, that was fine for him to say at the time. Yeah. Like it was, it was a totally reasonable thing mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of had these expectations for what his role would look like on a team based on how he thought of himself. Um, but for a year later to come back and be able to recognize that like all this good stuff that's going to come for me is going to come as secondary to the team having success. I just thought that was a really good insight by him on, on his own kind of journey and his, the way he perceives himself, not just in the league, but on his own team and like how he is going to get to those uh, achievements that, that he, that would be nice, you know? Yeah. I thought, I thought that was a good, really good answer by him. Yeah. I mean, Shay, whether it's in that setting or if you talk to people behind the scenes about him, like he's just different. Like he, he legitimately sets the tone for the entire team in like such a positive way where like you could not be more happy to have that guy be your franchise player. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably talk about Trey young later, but yeah. uh, (laughs) Having SGA as like your number one guy, you just feel very relaxed. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about his answer about uh, Mark? uh, Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of echoed what everyone said, but the, just the idea that all of these guys are kind of aligned. Yeah. And they've been aligned since the beginning. And I'm sure for, a lot of the guys, especially the guys who are like high draft picks, you know, one at every level of basketball they've ever played at coming into a rebuilding situation. This year was probably if they had any doubts, they like saw the, the, the final plan come together Mm -hmm. for them to have this huge of a jump in year three. So yeah, everything everyone said about Mark was encouraging. Yeah. Um, Cause they could have just given like, you know, stock answers, but everyone like immediately had something to say about Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- actually thought the most interesting Mark comment was from Dario, mm-hmm. who said that, you know, Mark is willing to take gambles, yeah, which is something that we know as fans because we've seen him run out, you know, goofy lineups that we'll then be mad about mm-hmm. on podcasts. But it's just nice knowing that like the players recognize that too. Like this guy is willing to experiment. He's willing to try stuff out. Not all of it's going to work, but all the players like n- understand that seemingly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's really good when you think ahead to this team being in a playoff series, hopefully next year, um, having someone who is willing to make those adjustments, which obviously was one of the things that we always used to get on 
uh, Scott Brooks for. Yeah. You know, not willing to make adjustments yeah. in playoff situations, or or even Billy Donovan um, playing Stephen Adams. Uh, so, yeah, all, all that was great. I, I appreciated that. Going back to Shea, I thought I think it was Wiggins's comment about you know like he he was describing like what sets Shea apart, mm-hmm. and he said it's it's the way he can like hyper focus on one thing. Um, you know, other guys might try to like improve all these different aspects of the game. Shea kind of likes to just focus on one thing and get better at that, mm-hmm. which made me feel like okay, we might have like a three-point shooting season from Shea at some point. Where that's, What if he just like, what if that becomes the thing he like zeroes in on? Hey, He's like, I'm going to come back next season and I'm going to be a three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. The, just the idea that he like can focus on one thing and make that his goal, which kind of reminded me of uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, when he started out in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, he was not great initially. Um, he was kind of just like, he was, he was like a good stats, bad team kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But every year, he would add like one specific thing. And over the course of those like first seven years in the league, by the end of it, he was just a much more complete player. Now, it's probably not a great example since he, he never became a shooter. <laughs> uh, but just he, he reminded me of that where like DeRozan would just go and add one thing every single year and come back as a much better player. And you just start thinking about like, Man, if if Shea became any better, like, like where else is there to go? Yeah. At some point, I mean, he's probably going to be first team All NBA. Yeah. With the DeRozan complex, Shea is already a lot better than DeRozan has ever been. I, you know, yeah, I agree. Um, More just like in terms of of developing, yeah, yeah, and and getting significantly better. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, Any other players that interested me? McKellen and I talked about this Monday. Um, about Lou Dort. Shout out to Lou Dort. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Lou Dort. Happy birthday, Lou Dort. Turns 24 today. He's born in 1999. Wow. Um, there are only a few players that were born before the year 2000 gross, gross. That, are, that are on the Thunder. Sarich was born in 94. Lindy, 97. Kenrich, 94. Shea, 98. Wiggins ninety nine, Isaiah Joe ninety nine, and Lou Dort ninety nine. Hmm. Everybody else is after the year two thousand, which is just kind of wild to think about. Um, but Lou just having a little bit of self awareness, just saying that in order to improve his efficiency, he just has to take the right kinds of shots, and like he's aware that yeah. sometimes he gets to the rim and is like kind of rushing things. It's like yep. Yep, we all we all saw that multiple times a game, <laughs> and yeah, you know. But it, it also, like, it should get easier. Like, regardless of what yeah. he decides to do, one, the shot attempts are probably going to come down, but two, the shot attempts that he is going to get are likely going to be even better. Yeah, there um, should be more defenses space. are going to pay way more attention to Chet than they paid to J. Will. Yeah, which should open the floor for everyone else. Yeah, that's why I've just like refused to be worried about Lou Dort's fit on the team. Um, I'm not going to refuse to worry. I'm always willing to worry, <laughs> but I'm willing to wait and see. Yeah. I, I, I thought what Chet said about, you know, this is the first time I've gotten to rework my shot. Yeah. You know, I really want to become elite at shooting. Mm-hmm. I do think that would be a key for Dort. Like if, if you can have an elite shooter in that starting five, I mean, if Chet was coming in and shooting like 40 plus percent from three, mm-hmm. 
you get the improvement that we kind of all expect from J-Dub, um, which he talked about shooting as well. And then if you got some improvement from Shea, all of a sudden, like it makes it a lot easier to envision the future with Dort in that lineup. Yeah. Um, so th- that was good to hear from Chet. I mean, I, I kind of expected that because I do think shooting will be a big part of his arsenal. If he was uh, an elite shooter, though, like if he was like 40 plus percent, like, oh my gosh, yeah. like terrified, you better close out to Chet or else you're just going to get destroyed. And even if you do close out, He's seven feet, seven crazy yeah. long arms. Like you can't really contest him. Like that would be, that would be unbelievable. Yes. That, that is the thing that I think would change everything. If, if you have to close out on the center. Yeah. Because, because you, then you start thinking about like that game against Minnesota, you know, they probably stick Gobert on him. So yeah. one of those guys is going to have to run out and close out on him. And then if you just have one more shooter, I don't know. It, it I, I'm starting to, uh, J-Dub said ex- that he wants to, that he's that the thing he's most focused on in the off season is shooting. Yeah. I would love, if he's like super confident in his shot and where it's not just, he's making them. Cause I, I felt pretty good about his shot by the end of the season, Yeah, but where he's actually taking a higher volume. Yeah. That's what, that's what really get me. Excited. Yeah. If J-Dub and Chet, Come into the come into next season, or even if it's not necessarily at the beginning of next season, but even the season after, and it's like, oh my gosh, like both these guys are like real shooters. Yes, you know that would be that That'd would be make thrilling. a huge difference. That'd be um, thrilling. Do you think? I mean, and Jadav talked about this that he doesn't necessarily think of himself as like a power forward, and he's not a power forward traditionally. Right. But do you do you th- and I think the starting lineup next year is probably going to be SGA, Dort, Giddy, J Dub, Chet. John, you don't think they're training for John Collins? I don't. I don't think okay. they're training for John Collins. Okay. Um, okay. Although, like John Collins, apparently, super great guy. So. Oh, really? Word on the street, super great guy. Yep. Would fit That's with cool. the Thunder culture as far as great guys go. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I never knew anything about John Collins. Yeah, I mean that's part of the thing with with Collins is like that some that like people that I talk to that like know him or like know his situation are like he's an amazing guy. <laughs> like I don't know why the the Hawks are doing this, especially to him, because like you yeah. never hear a word from John Collins. Like he's just like thrown out into trade rumors all the time. Well, and I also think there were those reports of like a specific rift between him and Trey young. And because Trey is the star. Yeah. I think a lot of the like people's ire went on to John Collins. as a Yeah. Result. Which is like very misplaced. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> very misplaced. Yeah. I, I don't, I think that that will probably be the lineup. Are you of the belief that they just have to go get somebody bigger? Um, I mean, I think that will eventually become the reality. I mean, there are just going to be some teams where I don't think that's going to work. And, and it's more about just having flexibility. Now, maybe Jerry ends up being that guy, or maybe J. Will ends up being that guy, just being able to give you a little bit more size next to Chet. But I do think there will become a point where it's like, unless one of these guys really bulks up, which I honestly think Giddy would be like the most likely of that group. Yeah. He's already super tall, and he's got a really good frame. 
Like if Giddy got really strong, maybe you could get away with it. But Jang? Yeah, Jang. Yeah, absolutely. Jang would be another potential option down the line. Um, I, I just do think at some point you'll just want to have a little bit more size up front with Chet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also like, I could also see the scenario where that starting lineup that you just discussed is really good. Yeah. In, in certain matchups. And in fact, in probably like a lot of matchups. Yeah. I also, you can you, slide you, Kenrich in at the four. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you know, next yeah. to chat. So that's all it is. It's just having some flexibility. Um, I still would just like just one more big. Yeah. Jacked guy. <laughs> Just doesn't even know how to play basketball. Just jacked. Like, like Ish Wayne, right? I bet you he'll, they could probably get him in free agency. His shot looks so crazy because he is so jacked. It looks like when football players play in a celebrity game. Yes. Like Miles Garrett or something. Yes. And their shoulders are just like so wide. And yeah. They're trying to shoot a basketball and it just looks so goofy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to Ish Wayne, right? Shouts. I cannot he's, believe he's he played. He played. With the Suns. The Dude, playoffs. I couldn't believe that Bays was on the bench. I kept seeing Bays last night, and I kept being like, oh, my God, there's Bays. There he is. I forgot. <laughs> that was fun. You know, they're searching. They're not They're not searching that far, though. Yeah, they haven't searched to, to Bays yet. I, do you think they will get to the point? Do you think Bays will play any, like, meaningful minutes, not just garbage time? No. In the series? You don't think they'll ever get down to that point? No. No. Okay. I mean, if they were going to, I think that would happen in game one. Yeah. Because the, like, the problem for Bayes is that, like, the other guys they're choosing between are just kind of like more quote unquote three and D guys. Yeah. Who you like don't really trust their shot, but you kind of trust their defense. So he kind of falls into that bucket and he's probably the worst of those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. like, they have Tory Craig, Josh Kogi. Um, yeah. So I, I, I do think it'll be, he obviously offers maybe a little bit more height than those guys. Um, yeah, he's just he's, not as good a defender as those guys are. You know, yeah. that's that was always the thing with him. Is like he is a better defender than he is an offensive player, but he's also just not that good of a defender. Yeah, he's not like I mean, we've seen some pretty good defenders in this playoffs yeah. already. Uh, like Isaac Okoro, for instance. Yeah. I, I, he's had some really impressive moments. And going he can stay on the court Brunson. because he's like elite. And that's the thing yeah. with Bays. I think Bays will probably still be on this team. Had he been like an elite defender, yeah, um, but he's just Davion not Mitchell. Davion, Very Davion, Davion was awesome in game two. Um, I want to play this video of Wiggs. I put it on Twitter, but I just wanted to put it on the pod too. If if you're watching, if you're listening to the pod, and you want to watch on YouTube. You should watch this particular moment. I just thought like the dude is just just pure joy. Uh, here's here's Aaron Wiggins. Aaron. Uh... I think we all, all have all seen just the growth from the, for this season and, and this team. For you personally, what have you thought of just how far you guys have come from the start of the season to now? Oh, my bad. I can't stop smiling, man. This year went by so fast. Uh, I was just here last year. Um, I'm sorry. What'd you ask? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the growth? That- <laughs> he, just, he walked in. With like the biggest smile on his face, just walking over to the podium, and then he just sits down. And he's like, "Man, just here last year," you know. It's like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> We're all here last year. Uh, he was just—he was awesome. He was so much fun to talk to that day. Um, 
you could tell like he's just like so excited about this team and about just the year that he had and he should be like he's a late second rounder that is a legitimate NBA player now uh and it's really cool but he was just he was just so much fun to talk to that day um do you want to move on to the uh anonymous survey results yeah yeah let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about the athletics uh anonymous player survey we'll be right back Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Al, the uh, the Athletic released a player survey, anonymous player survey. Anonymous. Um, it was a it was a big group effort. I mean, they had I asked, I got um, a bunch of players to talk for that um, from not just the Thunder but a couple other teams um, as they kind of rolled through town and obviously all the athletic writers are out there asking these questions. So it's kind of cool to talk to players about this and to get their perspective on things. Um, but yeah, what, what are your, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, I saw some tweets saying that you guys only surveyed 54 people and I don't understand why that's I wrong. Keep seeing that number. That's so wrong. It's, it's 108. Yeah. It was over yeah. nearly one quarter of the league. Yeah. It was over a hundred players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for Thunder-wise, you know, the fact that Lou Dort got 11.4% of the vote for who's the best defender. Yeah. Uh, Drew Holiday being number one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the sort of thing where if you're worried about Dort's contract in any way, I genuinely think that that result should make you feel better because there are so many stars around the league. Because, like, who is Lou Dort guarding? that would you know call him the best defender that really hold Lou Dort in high regard. I know for a fact that Damian Lillard is one of them. Yeah, he's gone on the record um, about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been on the record. And when the Blazers were talking about trade targets last summer, Lou Dort came up frequently mm-hmm. because Dame is such a huge fan of him. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, for all of Dort's faults, whether it's, you know, finishing or, or streaky shooting, he has built up a reputation around the league. And this is a reflection of that. The fact that, you know, one in 10 of the players would mention Lou Dort. Um, when there's so many other defenders you could bring up, I mean, Lou Dort might not even make the all an all defense team. Those didn't come out yet. Did they? He's not making the all, fe- all defense team. Yeah. But he has the, res- he has that kind of respect from the players. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's cool. I think that's good. It is cool. Whether, whether he's, on the Thunder for the rest of his career, or whether he's not, it's mm-hmm. good that we have a guy who the rest of the league respects in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because players do have a say in their front offices 
when they, you know, I mean, obviously Damian Lillard is like a public version of that where we actually heard about the list that he told Joe Cronin of like guys he would like to play with. Jeremy Grant was on that list. Yeah. But that happens more than just in Portland. Yeah. I mean, stars have a lot of say in this league. And uh, I bet Lou Dort's name comes up a lot, Andrew. Yeah. Why would you not want to play with him? I think that all these guys really like playing with him. All these guys. Um, okay, moving on. You're building a roster from scratch. Chet Holmgren got one vote. Yeah. I will say that uh, you mentioned that you you interviewed some of the players for uh-huh. this, or you surveyed them. Uh-huh. Uh, based on some of the answers, before you even told me that, I was going to say, I bet some Thunder players were involved in this because there are a lot of yeah. like Thunder-related answers that I don't understand how a player on another team would ever say. Yeah, I was going to say, I know who answered that one. I know who said Chet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know who said Chet Holmgren. So, yeah. hey, as long as as long as you don't know who said Alpern Shin Goon, I do not. I do. I did not talk to them. I would have <laughs> asked them to reconsider. Yeah, if a Thunder player said Alpern Shin Goon, we might have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shay was like Shin Goon. Honestly, <laughs> God, that would be devastating. Uh, if Shay said that, oh, uh, but so Giannis. Funny. Giannis with 52% of the vote. Yeah. Um, good reminder about Giannis. I yeah. hope he's okay. I mean, I would, I, I would like, I would say that there were, I talked to lots of different players and there was like one of two approaches to this one, like thoughtful, like really trying to answer the other, like I'm not given this one second of thought or consideration. I'm just saying whatever name pops into my head, or I'm not even giving you what I really think. I'm just right. giving you just an answer. Like I'm just giving you an answer. You know, there and, were no joke answers though. I mean, we've seen joke answers before. Yeah. At least for this one question. Yeah. There were, well, they may have not, I guess maybe they didn't include some of them, but there were like some like kind of joke answers. Yeah. That I got. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay, who's the most overrated player? Yeah, and uh, Trey Young doubled up. Who came in second, which was Siakam and Julius Randle, with seven point four percent of the vote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey Young was fourteen point eight percent. Now, for this specific question, you're not going to get everyone to answer. This was only fifty four people answering. Yeah, but I do think that reflects like the larger opinion on Trey Young, not just among players, but just among fans. Mm-hmm. I, I I do question though, like who at this point is overrating Trey Young? Because he has now not been an All Star in two seasons. Yeah, uh, he's not making All NBA anymore. Um, I, I guess he was he was an All Star last year. Yeah, he was. But like this year, yeah. you know, he put up twenty six and ten, is career high in assists. I don't know. I don't know if i'd go most overrated at this point just because i don't feel like there's very much hype at all he might be underrated at this point with the way he might be like even acknowledging his faults and you're seeing it right now in the playoffs i mean his last six playoff games when you look at the combined stats woof disgusting yeah absolutely disgusting and then there were the reports about you know atlanta this summer is going to give their new front office, you know, free reign to improve the team, which could include trading Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I feel like everyone's off of Trey Young at this point. Yeah, 
He's definitely underrated. I think that they may have just thought about it as like, which player do you just friggin' hate the most? <laughs> yeah. You I know? mean, he, he's definitely like a superstar in people's minds. Yeah. Um, but, but again, like he's not, he didn't make the all-star game. Like he's not going to be all NBA. He's still putting up crazy stats, but like, it feels like everyone has decided, Oh, we, we understand now that those stats aren't real. Like, mm-hmm. like he's a, he's a good player, but we're not going to reward him with all these accolades that we were previously talking about because we've kind of seen through like, like some of the smoke and mirrors with Trey. Right. And, and when he keeps coming into the playoffs, these last two times, admittedly in very difficult matchups, you know, last year against Miami and this year against Boston and just kind of like, so fallen so flat, um, you, you get it. I, I was trying to think of like teams that would potentially be interested in trading for Trey young. Mm-hmm. Cause you would need a team that, uh, needs a point guard, but would also be able to put together the type of package that Atlanta would need to give up a player of that caliber. Yeah. And I really like, I was thinking Orlando. Yeah. Could, could, uh, Utah could. Yeah. After um, the draft, like if they don't get the number two pick or yeah, something like that. If like they jumped up to two, like you don't need to do that. But if like they were like seventh, yeah, because they don't appear, based on how they played this season, that they're like in this rebuild for the long haul. So maybe they would be willing to make kind of like a, a big trade this soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other teams that I was like maybe on. The point is there's not a lot. There's not a lot. And when you start trying to come up with Dame trades, it gets even harder. Mm-hmm. Because you're factoring even more salary, an older player... And an older player that like the team has to get if they ever did trade and would have to get a massive bounty for. Yeah, it's like the, all the difficulties we had last summer trying to come up with fake KD trades, but taken to like the nth degree. Yeah. Um, what about Trey Young for Towns? Gosh, those players—they deserve to be on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely are very similar in my mind they deserve to be traded for each other (laughs) um no well i'm trying to think who i would say no for actually i mean i do feel like minnesota's stuck with gobert in which case yeah i I guess going to get trey would make more sense than continuing this too big thing which i don't think is going to have a lot of legs unless they keep playing the thunder right that's kind of what they have to hope for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Fine. Right. Fine. Um, I'll do it. Yeah. Let me see if any Thunder players are on the most overrated. They get any votes. They did not. Yeah. That's great for us. Killian Hayes. <laughs> who voted Killian Hayes? I actually know. Who's overrated Killian Hayes? I actually know who answered that one, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It must be someone who knows... Uh, Troy Weaver. That one blew, like, that one who, blew my who, mind. Whenever who that else one was would said, possibly <laughs> be overrating. Yeah, I, I, Duncan I, Robinson. Come on. Yeah, poor Duncan Robinson. Uh, uh, what about Houston? What about Houston for Trey? You know, I thought about that, but uh, man, defensive backcourt of Trey and Jalen Green. <laughs> And I'm assuming you're, you got to keep Shangoon. 
But like, what's the difference if you are like going to welcome James Harden in with open arms? Um, <laughs> man, this might be the one time I'd say this, but I think James Harden would bring more leadership qualities. Good lord, uh, than Trey Young. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, you're probably right. Not a huge difference there. No. Both of them would be great offensively. I mean, both of those guys are very good at creating open shots for their teammates. If I mean, okay, if Houston legitimately wants to be a better team next year, yeah, which player would help them be a better team next year, Trey Young or James Harden? <sighs> I'd probably say Trey only because of a Harden's age and recent injury history. Like... Him going to a low-pressure environment, James Harden going back to a low-pressure environment where everyone's just kind of happy he's back and he doesn't have a lot of expectations, uh, I just feel like that's a recipe for him not playing a f- like 70 games. He already season. looks like he's moving at .75 speed. <laughs> I know. Where at least with Trey, I mean, he's been pretty consistent. Um, I mean, you know, honestly, like... games this year, 76 last year. They... The Rockets just have nobody that really sets the table for them. Like I think it could be a really good thing for like Jabari and even Shangun. Definitely. Like, like to have somebody that plays like that. And even for I mean, Jalen Green, I think you're you're taking the ball out of his hands quite a bit. But that might help him as well. Because I'm not sure that Jalen's gonna be a guy that's just gonna be like your primary initiator, anyways. Like they just have right. a bunch of like bucket getters. And like yeah. Trey is that too. But Trey is also just like a crazy passer. Um I was trying to come up with a trade for the Wizards, um, which would basically have to be Brad Beal. Yeah. And would you swap Beal for Trey Young? For Trey? Yeah. That actually kind of makes some sense for both teams. Does, I mean, I guess for Atlanta, now you're just like pushing your timeline ahead even further, bringing in like 30, probably 31 year old Beal at that point. But yeah, backcourt of DeJounte and Brad Beal. He's 29. Like, Theoretically sounds good. Okay, so he'll be thirty. Um, yeah, but for the Wizards, I would I would definitely do that. Yeah, and tr- and Trey would be. He's he's he could be a wizard. He could be a wizard. He feels he could be yeah. that guy could be a wizard. They would love him because he would push them to the play in. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, now underrated player, Drew Holiday, number one. Yeah. Shay Gilgis. Alexander. Yeah. Uh, players were much more willing to answer this question. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, yeah, there was definitely a lot, several of these questions that some guys felt very uncomfortable answering. And this was one where I was like, okay, there were definitely Thunder players asked because in the guys who got one vote, Isaiah Joe, yeah, Aaron Wiggins, yeah, uh, J Dub, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> those those were not. Um, not all of those were from Thunder players. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Aaron Wiggins, I mean, that could have been... Did you ask Mark Schindler? I bet Mark Schindler would have said Aaron Wiggins. Well, I know who answered Aaron Wiggins. I don't know who the answered oh, Isaiah Joe. <laughs> Probably like a really disgruntled sixer who's mad that uh, Maury gave him away. Yeah. Isaiah Joe, also just pure joy to listen, to talk to the other day. Just a, just a yes, joy. Yes, I listened to his... He's great. He seems like a good guy. Yeah. I mean, everyone's a good guy on this team. Um, All good guys. All good guys. Funny, funny names. Christian Wood. Do you think Christian Wood said that? Most underrated player? 
who who voted for Christian Wood? You can you can vote for yourself. Really? Yeah. You can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like a real answer that only got one vote that I actually think better fits this answer of who's the most underrated player is someone like Kavon Looney. Yeah. Like that's the type of guy who I think more fits for most underrated player. What he did in game one mm-hmm. against Sabonis was like legitimately impressive. Very helpful player. Yeah. Very helpful. And everyone loves him. Um, let me see if there's any other, you guys asked some greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, who in the league would you least like to fight? James Johnson, who I always forget is still in the league. Yeah. Got 41% of the They're vote. Legitimately, guys were scared of him. I had several guys answer that. One player didn't know what his name was, and he was like, he's like, who's the who's the the guy at Indiana that was doing blah, 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 you know, like to one of his buddies? Yeah. And he actually answered, he actually answered James Jones to me whenever he gave the answer. <laughs> and I was like, that's not right. It's <laughs> like, so, do you mean James Johnson? Like, oh yeah, yeah, James Johnson. I didn't even know his name. It was really funny. Uh, Stephen Adams was, of course, number two. Yeah, but Lindy Waters the third got a single vote for who would you least like to fight? Yeah, I I know the answer to to how that became a thing too, but uh, obviously just, can't say because it was anonymous. I did, it was I, anonymous. I did have one of the craziest conversations with a player. I won't tell you who it is. But they kept saying unanimous instead of anonymous to me. (laughs) And we had the most confusing conversation ever. Because he was like, this is unanimous, right? And I was like, no, this is not unanimous. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, no. Like, this is, a lot of people think different things about this answer. And he was like, what? And I was like, huh? (laughs) It was a hilarious, confusing conversation. (laughs) Because he just kept asking me if these answers were unanimous. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no, they're not unanimous. I don't think any of these are really unanimous. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you guys asked who has the worst fans and best fans. Yeah. Which I thought the worst fans was funny because it's either bad teams. So it's like Hornets, Pistons, Rockets are in the top six, Wizards yeah. in the top six. Or it's like the other reason, which is the Jazz and the Celtics. Yeah. Which is like, uh, if you've ever heard of like racist fans, it's usually either Boston fans or A lot or of those guys fans. hate the Boston fans. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I just thought that was funny that those guys were at the top. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and then which arena has the best fans? Hey, the Thunder, despite not having a great attendance record this season. I was going to say... Still- Still got 5.8% of the vote. Another reason why I thought, hmm, I wonder if any Thunder players... Getting the benefit of the doubt from Thunder players, yeah. (laughs) Because that is the sort of question where you'd be most incentivized to answer your own fan base. Uh Uh-huh. But hey, Celtics, I mentioned they were also worst fans, also best fans. Yeah. Number one, 18%. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, I think Kings are the obvious answer. They got number two in your uh, anonymous survey. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think this is the last one that we'll talk about because I do want to briefly touch on the, the playoffs. But which coach would you most want to play for? One person did say Mark Dagnall. Hey. Pretty cool. And the question <laughs> is, which coach would you want to play for that is not your own? That is not your own. So yes. you couldn't answer your own coach. So Now, he also got a vote. Uh, no, he didn't. Oh, I thought he did. 
I thought he got a vote for you'd least want to play for. No, I don't think so. It was mostly just Tibbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was mostly Tibbs. Yeah, Tibbs had 43% of the vote. <laughs> Poor Steven Silas. Kicking him on the way out. 14% of the vote. Like He's to be, done. To be fair, this these are all asked before he was fired. Okay. That's, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Because play, for players to say... I think it's easier for players to look at Houston and say, oh, that's just a dysfunctional environment in general. Yeah. From top to bottom. But for players to think of Steven Silas's name, it just makes you wonder what they have heard about Steven Silas uh, running that team. Yeah. No, it's it's not good. I mean, it's... You listen to anything about um, Houston, it is seen as the worst franchise by far i'm so excited for their summer though because they have they have so much flexibility and you know they're not going to come out of the summer doing nothing so yeah i think they're gonna they're probably gonna end up overpaying somebody who's not that great because like they're like yeah we want to add vets to this team well one there's not great free the free agents aren't great and then two everybody else wants to as well like almost every team was competitive this year and like they're going to be competing with almost every team in the league for these like really good players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a big problem. Yeah, if you're a vet this year, seems like a good time. Portland's like, all we want is vets. Yeah, got to raise our our average age. Yeah, I've been thinking about Portland and Josh Hart because he's been playing well in the playoffs. It's been awesome. Um, why, why did they trade him? <laughs> In retrospect, like I, I sort of get that they have a lot of guards between, you know, Simons and, and Sharp, and it's not like Josh Hart is huge, but now it's starting to feel like if they're going to make a big move, like they say they're going to do, they're going to have to trade Simons anyways. Yeah. And in that case, wouldn't it be kind of nice to have someone like Josh Hart in retrospect coming back in to yeah. play alongside Dame? Yeah. That Whatever. Would... Not my problem. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I would, unless they jump into the top three, I would not be super excited to be a Blazers fan. Uh, yeah, it, it could get rough. Although, if they do end up pivoting and Dame request out, all of a sudden, things could look a lot better. Yeah, you just wish that it would have been for this draft. Yeah. That you pivot. Yeah. Because yeah. while this, while like next year's draft may not be like some great draft. And I think when people talk about that, they mean it like the top of the draft, you know? Right. Um, Where there's not like any like game, you know, franchise changing players where this year there are franchise changing players at the top of the draft. And so like, if you were going to be involved in a draft, you like, this would be the, this would be the one that you would want to be in on just having a chance at. And they, and they do like to their credit, they do have a chance at it. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, I don't know. That to me pivoting is like almost the only thing that you can do just because I don't know how you you know turn that roster into a playoff roster when like who in the west is getting worse next year? I mean, we do this every year. Somebody's going to get worse. But it, it of course right now it's hard to say anyone. Yeah. Clearly is going to get worse. Um is who who is like the best candidate for getting worse i mean if the clippers 
losing round one. I guess the one. Warriors theoretically could get worse because they're probably not going to pay all these guys. They're going to get worse, but like they're still going to have Steph. Yeah. So like they're they're not going to just like fall out of it unless Steph gets hurt. You um, know. Yeah. All the rest of these teams are banking on getting better. Yeah. The only teams that I would, I mean, even like Houston, like thinks they're going to be better next year. Maybe Utah just like takes a big step back. But I don't know if they will because they're going to bring back mostly the same team with a lottery, with like a high lottery I, I know. Did, did you see Tony Jones quote retweeted uh, me like two weeks ago? No. What, God, Tony is so wild. Oh, my gosh. I was, just, I was just saying I'm really interested to see how Utah plays this offseason going, off, going into next season because yeah. of that top 10 protected pick. Yeah. And he quote retweeted and just saying, like, I don't think this team could land a top 10 pick if they tried. Hmm. Um, next season suggesting you know like they were so good when they were trying this season yeah that like how are they not going to be better but i just feel like that's what every fan base says and inevitably teams take a step back when you're not expecting it and i think for a team especially like utah i mean i i just think there's a shot there's a chance that they come in next year and all of a sudden all the magical things that happened this year don't necessarily carry over. Yeah. Um, and the same so could be true for the thunder. Like the thunder could come into next year and win like 44 games and it feel kind of like a disappointment, mm-hmm. even though they got slightly better. Like that's the kind of stuff that can happen. Like if the West is better, there's going to be fewer wins to go around. Mm-hmm. Like this was a very down year for the West. And so everyone's wins were probably boosted up a little bit. Like yeah. in terms of the teams who are in that that middle to lower range, if everyone's a little bit better next year and we kind of reestablish the Western Conference, like if KD comes back and the Suns are all of a sudden like a fifty, you know, eight win team, mm-hmm. those wins have to come from somewhere. And so I do think there are going to be teams that are disappointed who might be better than they were last year, but aren't going to win as many games or not win significantly more games yeah. than they won last year. I think we just have to recalibrate like what a good season looks like if next year looks similar to this year. You know? Cause like if, the- if if this is the Western Conference we're in, then I'm like, oh, the Thunder could win 50 games. Like I, I would be hyped. But if you told me like this was just a down year and the West is bouncing back next year and we're gonna have a 60 win team, which we usually have in the West. Now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, maybe if, if, if we're recalibrating to normal West standards, maybe the Thunder win like 45 games. Yeah. Which would be a great season, but it's also only like four more wins than this season. And it might seem disappointing. Yeah, but like moment. Phoenix won 45 games. You know, like this the, season. Yeah. Yeah, but they had so many injuries. I know. Like, Booker I know. was out forever. I know. I know. I mean, the Warriors won 44, the Clippers won 44. Steph out forever, Kawhi and PG out forever. Like all these teams got just annihilated with injuries and it contributed to this idea that the West is down. And I'm just saying like, what if they just get a normal health year next year? The West is going to be significantly better. Yeah. This is the worst Western conference in our lifetimes. Oh, I know. I know that. I just, I also just wonder, like, is it possible for like the Warriors and Clippers and Lakers to have a normal season with the with the kinds of players that they have, with the injury histories that they all have? You know, is it even possible? You know, I think one or two of those teams will get more lucky than they did last year because this year you could kind of look at 
a lot of teams and say they just got unlucky. Yeah. And the team that most benefited from that obviously was the Kings because they yeah. were healthy the whole season. They had their continuity, like <laughs> their five-man lineup data for their starting lineup was awesome because they were able to play so many minutes together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think next year is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a different Western Conference. And yeah. so that's the only thing that's like holding me back from getting too excited about the Thunder. I, I'm still going to be very excited, Andrew. Yeah. I'm still going to take whatever over they give me. Yeah, I want. what do you think the over-under is going to be? What do you think like a fair over-under is for them? I bet it's 41 and a half, and every Thunder fan is like, you obviously go over. It'll be 41 and a half or 42 and a half. Mm-hmm. And it'll seem like so low. I mean, had they not had that five-game slide, they would have gone over that. I know. You That's know. what we're going to tell ourselves. That's what we're going to tell ourselves. You know, Shea didn't get COVID, and Kenrich didn't go out. Still Kenrich going out. You just wonder what what things would have looked like had he just not gotten hurt. Yeah. You know, because he made a pretty big difference, and they probably would have been closing with him at center. Yeah, it really will be interesting to see where they post the over-unders going into next season with all these teams having down years. Yeah. Because you could see a Suns over-under, if they come in healthy, being like, you know, 57 and a half. Oh, my gosh. It can't be that high. I don't know, man. They were a 60-win team the year before. They brought back the exact same team, and the only reason it like I know all got screwed up was because Booker was out for so long. Yeah, Chris Paul's two years older, though. Hey, they're going to trade him. And they for have Trey Young for Trey Young. And they have no depth. Here's my Trey Young trade. <laughs> Gosh, if the if the Hawks did that, holy smokes. Um, we are on. We are over an hour. Yeah, we are. I feel like we're just. I feel like we're just chatting at this point. We're just chit chatting here on a off season chit chats. Uh, it's fun. The league is still really fun. The Thunder still yeah. have. There's a lot to look forward to with this team. Oh, uh, before we go, Sam Presti's talking tomorrow, 11 a.m. Tomorrow, 11 a.m. Yep. Do you know if it's a uh, uh, if there's a time limit? No, I don't think so. I think it'll be. Do, you have, do you have any questions prepared? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Been been thinking about it all week. Thinking about it all week. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've got some hey, questions. You better hold his feet to the fire, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I, ask him why we didn't win forty-two games. You have any? You have any thoughts on uh, anything that you would want to ask him? Hmm. Off the top of my head, I'd have to think of it. I'd have to form it into a good question because if I say a question right now, it'll just sound dumb. Yeah. Um. Hey, if you guys, if you guys have questions that you would want Sam to answer. Uh, you can just tweet them at me, or you can put them in the comments below, right down here. He if you're on YouTube, forced to answer them because he is going to answer everything. He's going to answer everything. We, I mean, he talked for two hours and thirteen minutes last year. Yeah. So, you know, hey, uh, while you're here uh, on YouTube, we got a bunch of you guys in the chat. Thanks so much for joining us on YouTube. Hit the like button. Just hit it right down here. Whoops. Here, I Whoop. think. I think it's. Right here, Oops. I think. Uh, hit the like button. Thanks so much for joining us. If you are listening to the podcast, which is uh, a vast majority of you, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Down to Dunk on YouTube. Hit subscribe. And then you can hit the little bell as well to get notifications for when we go live. And then you can hop in the chat. Just like Grape Ape here. Just like Riley Nestor here. Just like Dre. 
So yeah, hop in the chat. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, okay. Go Kings. Go Clippers. Let's go Kings. Go Clippers, man. I still have a hard time rooting for the Clippers. I don't know. I'm kind of loving it. I, Just because of I, Russ. I had kind of forgotten playoff Kawhi, and he's, he is so scary. Yeah, he's a monster. He he doesn't even like. He doesn't blow by you. He doesn't. He he just like bodies you, and you're playing good defense. Like a lot of those Suns players, like especially when like Booker's matched up with them, like Booker's right up on him, and it just does not matter. And his, and the shots he takes, it doesn't even look like a beautiful shot. You know, he's just kind of like doing all these pump fakes, and then just throws it up, and it's just like automatic, and the ball goes in the net the same way every single time. He's the Terminator, man. He's, it's it's been awesome, and and I'm shot. I'm so excited for Russ just to have this opportunity. Yeah, he was awesome again last night. For him to go uh, through everything he went through with the Lakers, mm-hmm. where it really felt like we might be coming to the end of this ride, mm-hmm. and for him to get this shot, regardless of what happens in the future, just to have this shot on this stage against KD, I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. It is disappointing to me, though, that this is a first-round matchup because Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard's going home after this series. Yeah. I don't love that. I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> who, who do you most want to see go home? Kevin? Of those, of those two teams? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, w- I would find it pretty funny if... First of all, I think... We've we've gotten so much from the Clippers. We've taken so much from them. <laughs> I think I'm at the. I'm realizing I'm finally at the point where I'm I'm ready for something nice to happen to them. You know? Really? I'm, wow. I'd be I'd be fine if they made a little run. Would not bother me at all. Not me. Fact, I'm greedy. I, I cheered on a little bit because who cares? Like we're, we're, we won't have our pick this year. You know. So it, it's just maybe give them something a little nice. Yeah. I uh, I did have my like first basketball feelings for Russ in a long time at the end of that game one. Oh, dude, that that play he made on Devin Booker. Huh, like, it made me feel good. I felt good inside dude, that, watching that's it. That's one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen from Russ. Yeah. Ever. When you consider the the context, the time of the game, yeah. who the player was, Devin Booker. It was that, that moment was where I where I thought Russ is going to have another like five years in the league. Yeah, yeah. And because I don't if he know can do, because if he can do this, then I I think that he just like opened up like a new chapter of his career. Oh yeah, I mean that's like UCLA Russ, that's Olympic Russ. Yeah, like if that guy's still in there, that and he'll that get some money. Helpful. He'll get some money this summer. Uh, go Kings! Loving that series. Oh, Draymond so was suspended. Wasn't that great? And I mean, in, and also, I'm really glad they did. I'm really glad they suspended him. And it's not because of the stomp necessarily. It's what everything that happened after the stomp. I I, I was actually wondering if he hadn't done everything because Adam Silver was in like, oh. right there yeah. where he was oh, pointing. I know. If Adam Silver wasn't there, or if Draymond just hadn't done that, would they have suspended him? I if think it was that just the stomp. I think that if he doesn't do all those things afterwards where he's shouting at the crowd, like shouting profanity at the crowd after he stomps on somebody and then goes to the podium and said, I had to put my foot somewhere. If he was just like, man, I was really unfortunate. I really did not want that to happen. You know, he did grab my foot, which upset me. 
but I shouldn't have done that. I think that if he just said that, I think yeah. he is he's playing in game three. 100% playing in game three. But the fact that he just basically was like, yeah, I had to put my foot somewhere. It's like, yeah, oh he, he kind of admitted that there was, I mean, he didn't directly admit, but he, he suggested that there was some intent behind. The, and I, that, I mean, Draymond's obviously been involved in a lot of things like this. Yeah. Um, when he pulled down, I think it was Brandon Clark in last year's playoff. Like mm-hmm. that one looked pretty bad. This one looked really bad. The, the replay of this one, because you can see the moment where his, foot like picks up <laughs> accelerates down i was thinking about this okay you're gonna get a hundred thousand dollars andrew <laughs> would you rather dream on green do the steven adams play on you or the sabonis play on you you have to choose mm. one or the other gosh so you're getting stomped on your chest or you're getting nailed in the nuts kicked oh a bruised sternum seems really bad I know. I think I would go with the, the, the nut shot. I think too. I might go nut shot as well. Because one, I know what it feels like. You know, it's, yeah, at least oh, it's, it's not going to be it's, a new sensation. It's, it's gonna terrible. Suck, oh, it's going to be terrible. Also, I've got three kids already. If it like jeopardizes anything, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Whereas like Sabonis, at least, I mean, he's a professional athlete. He's got some padding. Yeah. From, he's got good muscles there. Yeah. I, I have very little protecting my you poor ribs. You could die. I'm, and it's over my heart, Andrew. You could die. You might be dead. Uh, yeah, I was actually. It, it reminded me of the worst nut shot I ever had, which was in middle school, uh, <laughs> on a field trip, school field trip. We went to like one of these places that has an arcade. It may have been like Rock and Roll Rink or whatever. Yeah. But they had a pool table, and a kid <gasps> who you will know, and I won't say his name, grabbed the cue ball in his hand and punched me while holding the cue ball. And I was out for like 30 minutes, like could not do anything. Call him out. Minutes. Call him out right now. I, I, I can't, and I'll tell you why after. <laughs> he deserves a call out. <laughs> wow. Uh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad they suspended him. It showed, like, Adam Silver like showed that he's got some cojones by suspending him. He deserved to be suspended. That was like, it's such bad optics for the league if you let that guy play in a game. It's just such bad optics for the league. So I'm glad that they. And to be clear, like as as all the negative things we're saying about Draymond, we need villains like Draymond who are this open about being villains who actually deserve it. Because yes, you have players like Dylan Brooks, but like Dylan Brooks hasn't won anything. Yeah. Like Draymond's a Hall of Famer, four rings. Oh yeah. To have a player of that stature be this kind of villain, it's good for the sport. Oh, it's so fun. It makes I it so much fun. Appreciate his yeah. presence in the league even if I do not like him in certain situations, <laughs> many situations. Yeah, no, that's great. It also gives the Kings like a good, a, a better chance to win. Which would be amazing. If they go up 3 nothing. woo! That, that woo! series is definitely giving me 2016 flashbacks. Yeah. For different reasons, because obviously that <laughs> it's not a 73-win Warriors team that we're talking about right. in their yeah, prime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But just a team that, I mean, everyone picked the Warriors – and to see them just get outplayed and outrun the way that the Kings are grabbing every rebound and trying to run on the Warriors, it just it feels like these teams are in just like different points of their <laughs> basketball lives right now. It also just feels good that it's the Kings. Like if this were the Clippers or even the Lakers or somebody like that, it wouldn't feel as fun. But yeah. because it's the Sacramento Kings, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's the Kings that are doing this to them. 
Uh, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. You also know that like when Draymond does this kind of stuff, he's in desperation mode typically. You know, like he usually doesn't do this when like things are riding high. Like he does this when they're in desperation mode. And and if this ends up being the end, meaning like if they lose this series, Draymond's a free agent. He goes to the Lakers or the Mavs or something. Right. And and the the you know the core of the Warriors is finally broken up. Mm-hmm. Like th- these incidents are going to be like in the first paragraph of Draymond Green's NBA biography. The fact yeah. that he could have cost them a ring, and then the Jordan Poole punch, and then this season, this this dynasty potentially ending, like getting some finality to it because of this stomp. He will he will leave if they lose in round one. Who will be calling Draymond from the parking lot? Yeah, that's that's the question. <laughs> Who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Braun? He loves Braun. Kyrie. Kyrie. Ooh. 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 <laughs> that would be Dude, How much would everybody hate the Mavericks if their big three was Luca, Kyrie, and Draymond Green? It'd be That'd be a terrible team. (laughs) Everybody would hate them so much. I'm actually looking at Dallas as a Gobert landing spot if Minnesota decides to cut their losses. I'd hate the team even more. Actually, Draymond at least has like some redeemable qualities. Is there any way for them to get both? I think possibly. Oh, they would trade THJ and Bertans, get Gobert, and I think they would still have like. They wouldn't have a full max, obviously. Hopefully, Draymond's not getting He's a not full getting max. He's not getting the max. No, no, no. Gosh. There's a team to hate. That's just the most hateable team in NBA history right there. Ooh, Goodness. ooh. I love yeah. that. T-Dot says that Dame is calling Draymond. Wouldn't, would not shock me. I just, they have no way of doing it. Yeah. Because one of their fatal flaws was signing that Nurk deal. And I just don't know if you're going to be able to move that Nurk deal without giving up like multiple picks. Because he has three years left. I was going to say, not going to be able to, not going to be able to do it. Not going to be able to do it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, okay. We're at an hour 25. I think Woo! that's enough. Let's, let's go to three hours. Match the exit interview pod. Let's try to, let's try to do a Presti style pod. Two hours and 14 minutes. Uh, no, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys have an awesome Wednesday. Look for, I'll probably post Presti's uh, interview on on the uh, on the feed as well, just so you guys can have it. It's just, I, I don't know about you, Al, but I just like to have it there so I can listen to it at like double speed um, rather than like yes. sitting there through it on YouTube or whatever. So I'll probably post that as well for you guys. Um, again, have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.